0: This is the San Francisco experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, season four, episode six, dementia, Alzheimer's, cognitive testing, what you should know for the presidential election. In a recent conversation with friends, we learned that a neighbor who's 71 years old has been diagnosed with the mind altering disease, dementia. And in her case, It is the fast onset variety which is ravaging her mind and personality at a very rapid clip. Not so subtle changes in her habits, memory, and ability to navigate independently are becoming evident every time they see her. The decline has been so rapid that in early August, her family decided to move her to a memory unit in a senior home. As recently as late May, however, she was functioning as she always had, enjoying an active lifestyle with friends and neighbors. Yet within 90 days, her mental deterioration was such that she needed round-the-clock, specialized memory care and supervision. While her case is not typical, It gives us pause that dementia is an ailment which takes many forms and sometimes can progress very quickly. So how do we stay ahead of the mental health curve and avoid rapid mental decline or at least try to slow its inexorable progress? On a positive note, the percentage of older people in the United States the United Kingdom and France, for instance, who have dementia has actually declined in recent years, in large part because of adopting healthier lifestyles. However, as the baby boom generation ages, and because it is such a large demographic bulge, particularly in the West, The actual number of cases has increased as more of us are living longer and well into our 80s and beyond. But between the late 1980s and 2011, the proportion of people over 65 with dementia actually dropped by 20% in England and Wales. In the United States, between 2000 and 2012, dementia rates in that age group actually fell 24%, a stunning decline over a 12 year period. Similar declines have been reported in other developed countries. There are two driving factors according to the Michigan Center on the Demography of Aging which tracked the American trends. First, a rise in educational attainment, and secondly, better control of cardiovascular function and earlier disease detection of cardiovascular problems. After World War II, there was an increase in schooling in the United States and across the world, which affected all social and racial categories. And, this, and that increase in schooling averaged approximately one or more years of education. Research suggests that people with more education or those who have learned a new language or how to play a musical instrument may be more resilient to the symptoms of dementia reading, mental gymnastics, crossword puzzles, Sudoku, all seem to help. That is not to say that they escape the ravages of vascular dementia or the plaques that affect Alzheimer patients' brains, but they do seem to cope better with the damage. By challenging your brain during education, you create a more fit brain that can compensate for problems that you have as you age, according to Kenneth Lange of the Michigan Center. The increased cognitive reserve is thought to help in two ways. Number one, it boosts the brain's ability to work around damaged areas. And secondly, as a result, it promotes more efficient processing of information. Which leads us to the next phase of the dementia research, how to prevent or delay the onset. There are 12 health measures that are risk factors that can have a significant effect in slowing or even preventing the onset of dementia. And here they are. You've probably heard them before, but I'll mention all 12 again. Number one, stop smoking. Number two, curtail, excessive alcohol use. Number three, control your blood pressure. Number four, maintain a healthy weight. Number five, avoid diabetes. Number six, avoid head injuries. Number seven, conquer depression and try to avoid it. Number eight, deal with your hearing loss. Number nine, avoid exposure to air pollution where possible. Number 10, exercise. Number 11, lifetime learning and number 12, social contacts. Minimizing these 12 risks and taking strategies to enhance your health in these areas could prevent or delay 40% of dementia cases globally. Simple behavior changes like stopping smoking Drinking less than 21 units of alcohol per week, maintaining your systolic part of your blood pressure to less than 130, avoiding head injuries, healthy diet, regular exercise, and socializing. Even the elderly can delay or prevent dementia by adopting such lifestyle changes. The earlier you start, the better health education and the primary and second at the primary and secondary level is even more effective in sowing the seeds of healthy habits over a lifetime two thirds of dementia cases currently occur in lower to middle income countries where education is less accessible and rates of smoking obesity and diabetes are relatively high so those countries are faced with an even higher proportion of dementia cases, which could be slowed or prevented with lifestyle changes. In Latin America, for instance, it's estimated that 56% of dementia cases could be prevented or delayed by targeting those 12 risk factors earlier in life. However, Lifestyle changes to prevent dementia only go so far because the brain begins to shut down in extreme old age. But the cognitive quality of life into extreme old age, late 80s, 90s, etc. up to 100 can certainly be managed to a higher level through the adoption of these 12 lifestyle changes. While Alzheimer's and dementia are two distinct age-related mental illnesses, Alzheimer's is especially terrifying. Little by way of a pharmaceutical treatment for Alzheimer's has emerged or is even close to being a breakthrough. The long goodbye, as former First Lady Nancy Reagan described the brain-wasting effects of Alzheimer's, for the former president, Ronald Reagan, really sums up what a long and trying ordeal it is both for the patient and for the patient's loved ones. But some encouraging research has recently been published at Emory University in Atlanta, and it links gut microbes as a protective source against Alzheimer's. A series of experiments on mice which had been genetically engineered to be susceptible to Alzheimer's. These mice were treated with good bacteria in the gut, and the good bacteria seemed to protect those mice against Alzheimer's-like disease. Soon, the testing will move to a clinical trial in humans. Evidence seems to support a link between Alzheimer's and gut health. Studies have shown that people with the the condition tend to have more pro-inflammatory or bad bacteria and less good bacteria in their guts. They also tend to have a less diverse mix of gut microbes overall. That's an important data point, I think that we should all be aware of that good microbial health and probiotic health in our gut can actually have a beneficial effect and a protective effect against Alzheimer's. And now this research, at least at the, in the lab on mice, seems to be bearing that out. The Emory University study shows that mice genetically engineered to have an Alzheimer's-like illness had more of the bad and less of the good. They were treated with a prebiotic supplement called R13, which is designed to promote gut health. The R13-treated mice were less likely to develop beta amyloid proteins, which track, which travel from the gut to the brain and are very prevalent in Alzheimer's patients post-autopsy. R13 has been approved for a small clinical trial in humans to see if the same effects will be seen in humans. Both dementia and Alzheimer's are brain diseases of old age, but dementia in particular seems to respond to lifestyle changes and there's a growing body of research to support that thesis. Alzheimer's, however, is at an earlier stage of research, but the links between gut health and Alzheimer's is certainly an avenue all of us can study and even make dietary changes. Again, let's close on differentiating the two brain diseases. Dementia is a term which is used to define a group of symptoms that negatively impact memory. Alzheimer's, by contrast, is a progressive disease of the brain that slowly causes impairment in memory and cognitive function. Cognitive ability and testing has become an issue in the 2020 presidential race. President Trump recently took a standard cognition test, and he told us all about it. And in fact, he actually described some of the questions. Further, he went on and he challenged his competitor, former Vice President Joe Biden, to also take such a test. There are different types of cognitive test; Each involves answering a series of questions and or performing simple tasks. They're designed to help measure, both mental functions, such as memory, language, and the ability to recognize objects. There are eight core cognitive capacities, which we all share, and which are tested with these cognitive tests. The eight core cognitive capacities are sustained attention, number two, response inhibition, number three, speed of information processing. Number four, cognitive flexibility and control. Number five, multiple simultaneous attention. Number six, working memory. Number seven, category formation. And number eight, pattern recognition. And finally, the six item cognitive impairment test, which takes less than five minutes. There are three orientation items as part of the test. A, counting backwards from 20. B, stating the months of the year in reverse. And C, learning a new address. The six elements of the cognition test are number one, what year is it? Number two, what month is it? Number three, repeat a given name and address. Number four, about what time is it? Number five, count backwards from 20 to one. And number six, the months of the year in reverse. And finally, repeat the name and address that you repeated as part of question number three. Since cognitive decline and cognition tests have emerged as issues in the presidential race. After all, President Trump is 74, and former Vice President Biden is 77. Today's podcast gives you a quick primer on some mental health conditions and cognition testing. Our sources for today's podcast include The New Scientist, Healthline, Braincheck, and Medline Plus. This is the San Francisco experience with your host Jim Hurley reporting to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco.